Hello, everybody. Welcome to me and my dad watch anime, where I'm only recording this by chance. My name is Drew, and I'm here with my dad, David. Greetings, friends. And this week we watch Basaki Iwasa's colorful and boozy The Night is Short Walk On Girl. But before we start drinking, let's let the people know what we're drinking. Dad, what are we under the influence of? Well, we are podcasting under the influence, at least I am. Uh, another bourbon barrel aged. This one is a Menage a Trois Cabernet. Nice. The dream. Yes. <laughs> Well, uh, I'm working with a little three-finger jack. It's a rum barrel-age red blend from California 2018. I also took a fucking fat-ass jub, which is oh a gravity bong, <laughs> which is a gravity bong hit in the, the realm of my home. But yeah, I'm riding high right now, ready to talk about a movie where everybody's also getting fucked up. Dad... What's a little uh, background information? What can you tell me about what you learned about this movie beforehand? Well, once again, this is a anime that's based on a book mm-hmm. of the same a name. A lot of popular novels in question in this movie. Who is this guy? Tama Hiko Mor- Morami? Marimi? Morimi? That's good. It's pretty universally liked i mean just being going on the internet i mean it does, i can't find anyone really that has bad things to say about it well mm-hmm. you might find some later on but uh rotten, yeah. <laughs> rotten tomatoes gives us uh 90 um which is great and yeah. uh then of course the consensus I, I don't know how they come up with these consensus but inventively animated boldly creative and refreshingly ambitious the Night is Short Walk on Girl should resonate deeply with fans of auteur anime. It's definitely refreshing uh, seeing all those drinks getting passed around. Yeah. What is this little anecdote you have about Denki Braun? Yeah, you know, that's, I was hoping maybe we could maybe feature that in our, uh, as our, you know, influence, but obviously it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we need to talk this one out. I need to be able to locate this. The electric brandy. Ah, damn. You have to get Man. it, uh, I guess, imported from Japan, but you can order it online. And uh, holy shit. I mean, obviously, I didn't have time to do that. So, but I'm thinking that uh, that might be something in the future. Yeah. Well, Thank Christmas you, is coming up. I got some money to spend. So <laughs> <laughs> let's see what happens. All right. Let's also see exactly what the real people are saying about this movie. I don't care about these, you know, critics with their nose turned up. I just want the people sitting in the room in the dark, typing away. I want to hear what they're thinking. So on June 10th, 2019 from Adam Peterson, one star, the night is short walk on girl is a movie that includes a binge drinking contest between a young woman and an older man in order to save her acquaintance who previously groped her from having to pay the old man for a stack of rare erotic prints, a little boy framing a young man as a child molester, an antagonist who enjoys cross-dressing in order to fool young men into falling in love with him. And that was all in just in the first half hour. It only gets less coherent from there. That's not a bad summation. Yeah, that's uh, pretty spot on. I'm glad they or at least were paying attention. Uh, Chris Rubbery on March 2020, uh, two stars. There's only so much magical surrealism you can pack around the base story of a shrieky nerd stalking a quirky girl into loving him, or so you'd think. But this just keeps going. Oh, yeah, keeps on going. Again. It's just another in a long line of creepy dudes just being persistent. Yeah, and it worked it out for them, and that's yeah. something that I'll come back around with my unintentional lessons. But from Linton, two stars, February twenty twenty, overrated. Also, punching with your thumb inside your fist is a good way to break your thumb. I've also thought that the whole time I saw that, I was like, she's gonna break her fucking thumb. No, that that's uh that's always been known. Do not uh, punch with the thumb inside of the fist. 
Maybe that's part of the thing. It's supposed yeah. to punch them and you break your thumb. It's the perfect balance. Of course, maybe it's some kind of martial art thing that, you know, is, you know, been covered up for years and we just didn't know it. <laughs> we just have it unlocked. Yeah, they it. don't want us to know about the thumb thing, you know. I mean, yeah, dude, it's on the Dead Sea her... Scrolls. Yeah, she definitely <laughs> could uh, put the uh, people down with that punch. It's it's something she has to pretty much reel in. What uh, was the Bruce Lee like which... the the one the one inch punch or something like that? Yeah, she's got the, the thumb punch. punch. <laughs> <laughs> the thumb punch. Yeah. Oh my god. Um, okay, two stars from Rich Wu, March 2019. Not since Ano has a director so gleefully tarnished his own IP. This is just for me. Hideki Ano is a genius. Uh, McGillicuddy, two stars, February 2019. There's a real cultural disconnect here. Maybe so, maybe yes, not. Always lost in translation when we're talking about Japanese anime. <laughs> yeah, I feel like some things are just not at least kind of expected. Uh, two and a half stars from Rembrandt Q Pumpernickel on December 2017. Senpai, more like shit pie. That's not fair. The pun is appreciated at the yes. very least. Yes. Then we actually have two three stars. This movie didn't have a lot of good low star ratings. It's just, it's got something about it where people aren't ready to just completely. Yeah, I went on Letterbox too just to look because I know you you uh, pull those from here from there. But I was having a hard time. I was like, wow, I don't I don't think anybody panned this movie. We need better writers on Letterbox. Everybody's got to get their shit together. Uh, <laughs> from Alexander Tossig, three stars, June twenty twenty. The roller coaster energy of the animation intoxicates, but the story keeps grasping for quote unquote lessons it can't quite reach, verging needlessly on incel territory with its most pathetic character, mistreating most of its others, and ultimately failing to make meaning out of its whirlwind romance. Still, the film is wonderful to look at, and I laughed a lot. You know, Common thing for us, we're also breaching on incel culture every time we have an episode. And I just wanted to give a shout out. Yeah. Uh, and then <laughs> finally, just wrapping it up, three stars from Ain Ona on April 2020. Watching this in quarantine, I think this movie predicted Corona. And I also think that, but that's something we can get a little yeah that was in. one of my uh takes from the movie that uh bars are breeding ground for disease we always knew it i mean if you were going to get anything off a toilet it was probably going to be at a bar yeah <laughs> <laughs> dad where do you want to shine the spotlight on this movie well the one the one thing scene that really um caught my attention was the um when she's uh in the bar with all the old guys and they're all looking the at their watches. What's that? Yeah. The yeah. sophist. Yeah. Well, yeah. The sophist dance. That's a whole nother thing. Is that an old man dick joke? Sophist? No. I don't know. I, I was looking. <laughs> I, I tried to look about up about sophists. There's nothing that relates to the, you know, Japan or anything. It, it, yeah. It's more talking about like, you know, the ancient Greeks, like Plato and stuff like that. So I have yeah. no idea where sophist dance comes from. But no, I was... Hey. Uh, sometimes you just got to get your ass out there and i gotta the whole sophist dance thing i mean considering how much booze they've taken down and the way uh -huh. that they had to do that dance there's no way in hell they would be able to form the sophist dance it's it's really kind of impressive you see a lot of instagram girls being able to get down that low when they're squatting but never just like old men getting it <laughs> getting the scoop no well that's sort of, that, that comes into play too later on i have some sophist dance uh predictions oh but, okay yeah. anyways um no when they're looking at their watches and like the old guy's watches are going really fast yeah and then hers is like going slow and as a man of 57 years old i sort of get it because yeah. the older you get it feels like you know time is going by a lot faster when you're young you know everything's like you feel like you got all the time in the world and the older you get, yeah. the clock starts, you know, going faster. Well, I can tell you now that I'm just crossfaded that time is going slower for me. And yeah. I am appreciating it at this moment. Yeah. Uh, there's a couple of things that I was, I guess, wanting to bring up. This movie really captured the energy of just going out, getting fucked up, 
just seeing your friends out of nowhere, just like a big group of people coming together. That's such an incredible feeling that obviously we're missing in this, this current sort of COVID world. Um, another aspect of that is just having like a drunk mission. When she starts looking for the Ratatatam or however you say that uh, book, yeah. she, you know, it's just such a specific thing. It's like, all right, I'm going to get fucked up in the middle of the night. I want a cheesesteak. I got to, you know, cross <laughs> campus, go under this fucking yeah. fence, do something crazy. And I got to get this cheesesteak. No, it, it definitely, <laughs> uh, it brings back memories and, uh, it sort of sucks that you can't really just go out and have a beer in the bar anymore. Well, you can, but yeah, but you're always, you know, risking yeah. everyone's life. Yeah. I also wanted to, aside from the animation, the animation is beautiful, but the, the redemption for the stalkers, it's just it needs to be brought up. What is it about romantic comedies with these type of characters where, they're just creepy. They're just creepy and they end up getting the girl. And a lot of the behavior is just like ritualistic. I mean. <laughs> well, I think that's another thing we've lost. I think the old uh, stalker gets the girl is uh, you're not going to see those movies anymore. Yeah. It didn't age well. No, it's not. <laughs> not in the age of me too, I guess. Is that what we're dealing well, yeah, with? Yeah, we're, we're definitely in the age of me too. Yeah. As a constant podcast, uh, worrying about being canceled, which we have plenty of apologies for in Notes on Errata. Um, <laughs> but what That's exactly? Did... That is my fear that we will be canceled. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it could happen to anybody. Yeah. What's your takeaway from this movie? If you're going to sort of formulate some sort of lesson from it. Drinking is pretty fun. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're not wrong. No. I think some people just, can handle it better yeah. than others, though. Yeah. My days have, are pretty much over as far as the uh, that kind of fun. But I hey, once that vaccine comes out, we're going balls to the wall. We're going to Japan again. We're going back, waiting for that Ghibli. Oh yeah, uh, that that's for sure. Oh yeah, it's gonna be <laughs> a whole different time next time we go there. Oh yeah. Yeah, maybe we'll. Uh, oh, of course, yeah, we're gonna have a live. What, what, which uh, podcast we're gonna do live? You know, you would hope it would be 100. I think that would be the plan. Yeah, we're gonna have to either that or we're gonna be. I have to do like 20 in like a month or something. Yeah. <laughs> well, we need to go into a marathon. That's 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 something for the future. Where this is not for right now. What's right now is the lessons that I've learned from this movie that are all sort of pertinent in my life. Reading is dope. Everybody knows it. Uh, even if the material is pornographic, you know what? It, who says the Playboy you can't enjoy a little bit of skin and a little bit of a, a good article? That's the real sort of stuff that I'm talking about here. Stalking, yeah, works. That's another lesson. Personal hygiene Actually, doesn't really I don't matter. Think stalking really works. Well, uh, I guess be in the right atmosphere <laughs> it only it only works in the movies i don't think yeah. it really worked anywhere else but that's fair we shouldn't sort of uh, advise anybody to be uh, yeah. acting like these people they see in the yeah movies. it was egging on stalkers see all these romantic comedies egging on stalkers and, and look where it's got us fucking bastards <laughs> oh personal hygiene doesn't matter if you're done underwear you know an up-and-coming writer putting out your your work into the world you don't need to change your underwear it doesn't matter if you're looking for the girl of your dreams just let that shit marinate because not that's sure. where the real genius is in your dick yeah well i'm not <laughs> sure where like, how that helps his cause i mean how does he connect to the underwear with his until he finds the love that maybe he nutted like that was maybe like <laughs> <laughs> maybe that was just... oh and he didn't want to, yeah he didn't want to change his underwear it was just like you know like, okay yeah it was the closest thing to sex that he could have at that moment <laughs> also you know pertaining to that always just pack another pair of underwear if you're the man getting the the ice cream to the dick you're getting your shit stolen on the, the side of the road just have them in your back pocket maybe uh hide them in a, a safety deposit box somewhere just have something around yeah, the uh, the ice cream on the dick thing was uh, a little weird. I think the guy was inspired by the flashlight. 
Well, <laughs> aren't we all inspired by the flashlight? <laughs> uh, my final uh, lesson from this is don't party during a pandemic because everyone in the village is going to get sick and we should be doing more contact tracing. Uh, <laughs> well, now that I'm in Florida, then I don't, I don't think that applies, but whatever. If you live in Florida, you don't live in the United States. Uh-oh. All right. apology to all floridians already before we even get to the next podcast hey man i love florida florida great dad i hope you were paying attention i know this movie had a lot going on but i'm gonna try to confuse you here i'm gonna even throw some more shit on top of this hectic sort of plot and i want to know if you can tell me what the truth is and what are the lies so the first entry as is common with book-to-screen adaptations, director Yuasa added his own personal quirks to the story in the novel's original characters. To better fit the characters, uh, characterization of Otome that he had in his head, Yuasa gave the main character two distinct movements. One movement was her mimicking the Ratatatam train, and the other was her sometimes robotic movement, which was inspired by the Honda Asimo robots popularized during the time of the novel's release. The second entry. After winning Animation of the Year at the 41st Japan Academy Film Prize Awards, director Yuasa made headlines when he suggested that the film was in some ways his own Don Underwear-esque ploy to rekindle a missed love connection. In a subsequent interview with Manga uh, Tokyo two years later, Yuasa explained that after meeting a girl at a college party and having not caught her name, he spent the next year emailing every girl in the school's student directory in hopes of finding her. He would later state that the girl eventually did reach out to him after he had won the award, only to inform him that she was married. The third entry. While the film is colorful and lighthearted, the author of the novel in which the film was based ironically struggled with alcohol dependency for much of his young adult life. In a publisher's interview with the Yen Press for the book's 2019 English translation, the author stated that the relationship between Senpai and Otome not only mirrored that uh, with his and alcohol, but his equally codependent relationship with his then-girlfriend and famous women's magazine editor, Kana Hanazawa. In the final entry, being that many of the film's elements were drawn from both the filmmaker's life and the author's, there is one example of a real person being featured in the film. Master Seitaro Higuchi. The mysterious, uh, the mysterious character was based in his entirety on the deceased friend of the author, a fellow writer, who would go on to publish his debut, Been Down So Long It Looks Like Up To Me, posthumously following a motorcycle accident that took his life at 29. Dad, can you tell me off the bat, what do you think is a lie? I I'm think... submitting that to the New Yorker. That was a long... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, you outdid yourself this time because they all uh, sound plausible. Um, Oh, yeah. I don't think the first one, the the robots and stuff like that. Okay. Okay. Is that your final answer? I think that's, yeah, that's a, that's a lie. I guess we're done because that was the truth, baby. Oh! (laughs) Oh! Asimo, oh, those little crazy robots. Kidding me? Yeah, it just happens like that, man. Sometimes you uh, you fold right on the the first hand. It happens to the best of us. It's funny because I saw that in the beginning of the movie when she does that little robot movement. I was like, "What the heck is that? that doesn't even make uh-huh. sense." But she was That's doing. so. I guess um, I probably that should have been the key right there. That you know, it had some kind of a meaning. Yeah. Well. Uh, uh, I'm glad I got you there. There was some of these that I was really, the last one I had just took from the backstory of uh, Thomas Pinchon. It was uh, uh, oh, wow. Robert Farina, I think his friend was, or uh, Richard Farina, excuse me. And been done so long was his, uh, his debut novel before he died. Uh, <laughs> going into the next category, dad, just in general, maybe not you were paying attention, but let, let's try to, to figure this out a little bit more. In one of the film's first shots, we are shown the Otome sitting at a table with a wine glass and frame. 
How many people are in the glasses reflection? Is it A, two people, B, three, C, four, or D, five? Well, I think there was four of them at the table. I'm going to say three. How many people? Yeah, three. No? No. It was four. It was four people. <laughs> I thought you were going to say it. I was like, oh, there's four people in the glass, so there was three people. Oh, well, then she was in the reflection also. I mean, I thought there was you know, only, there were four people at the table. But there was four reflections her. in the glass. Okay. Yeah. So you did the math backwards. All right. Next question. You know, you get, you get maybe you're going to miss the uh, first shot. It's okay. <laughs> when preparing the Otome of Pina Colada, the bartender uses which brand of rum? Is it A, Malibu, B, Bacardi, C, Captain Morgan, or D, Appleton Estate? If it's a pina colada, I think it's going to be the Malibu rum. No. Nope. It's Bacardi. Damn it, it actually it shows it right, <laughs> right on the bottle. Uh, you know, first two shots, it's okay. The coach is giving you the eye, but you got to – Got to tighten your shit up. All right. I might, During I might have to re resort to diaper shot right here, man. They're I'm, about to call I'm a time struggling. Out. Yeah. I'm struggling. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The crowd's kicked to me, man. Wow. <clears throat> wow. This is intense. You show up drunk to the game. That's the problem. During its introduction, the original Dinky Braun is revealed to be have created in the Asakusa, uh, or excuse me, have been created in Asakusa in what historical Japanese period? Is it A, the Taisho period, B, the Meiji era, C, the Edo period, or D, the Heisei era? Or that's not Heisei. <laughs> Heisei, I'm sorry. Okay. Which one do you think? All right, I'm at the line. <laughs> Concentrating. It's up. Taisho period. It's good. Yes, swish. <laughs> All right, let's try to go two for two. While recollecting his misfortunes, Toto-san tells Senpai that the tornado responsible for stealing his red carp came from the direction of what Japanese castle? Is it A, Nagoya Castle, B, Matsumoto Castle, C, Gifu Castle, or D, Fushimi Castle? I think it's the Fushimi. You are correct. You are 50%. Coming in ready and the to the crowd run. is going wild. <laughs> yeah, sixth man of the year award. Inside the former library police headquarters, we are shown a large screen with all of the information collected on the black-haired girl, including two American novels she's recently read. One is Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. What is the other? Is it A, Catcher in the Rye, B, Pride and Prejudice, C, the importance of being earnest, or D, for whom the bell tolls. All right, so she read Harry Potter, and then what? She's definitely going to go for Ernest Hemingway? I don't think so. <laughs> uh, yeah, for sure. Of Fuck course, Catcher in the Rye. I mean, come on now. I'm going to say the importance of being earnest, and I don't even know what that is, but these other ones just seem way over her head. I mean, if she's hey. going Harry Potter. Okay. Oscar but. Wilde would appreciate it, but it's my, our man Holden Caulfield. Oh. Catch her in the rye. Our, our spunky little girl loves a, a moody teen in her oh, novels. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, our last question is here. Hopefully we can hit 50% and on a good shooting percentage day. While describing the interconnected uh, interconnectedness of literature, the god of old books or of old book markets lists many different books and writers. What is the one book he doesn't mention? Is it A, The Lost World, B, Meiji's Tower of Babel, C, Will of the Wisp, or D, The South of the Border, West of the Sun? He's just throwing it up here. Will of the Wisp. Yeah, you missed. You missed oh. my guy, and you're taking back to the bench. 
putting that fucking Cam Newton towel over your head and you're sitting for the rest of the day. Because <laughs> it was south of the border, west of the sun, which is a Haruki oh, Murakami I, novel. I was going to, you know, uh, what, what was it? Haruki Murakami. Wow. Just I knew that was, you see, that's the thing though. I, 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 for some reason, I thought that was a, you know, a Japanese writer and I'm just like, no, that, that. Yeah, Will of the Wisp. I don't. I mean, I, I don't remember who wrote what. <laughs> let's 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 cool off. I know that that was a little bit of a, a tough run. You know, Oof. you had your shooting streak, but let's let's cool off, Dad. Let's play a little bit of Would You Rather. I'm, I'm under the towel, man, right now. I'm I'm sorry. <laughs> you got COVID <laughs> complications. Things are fucked up at home yeah. right now. It's not good. Oh, All right. <laughs> this was a contract year too, man, and I'm just. We were playing for the money, but you know yeah. we we can't keep talking to Cam Newton right now. Right. We need to keep that to our uh, other podcast where we just talk alone. <laughs> uh, Dad, would you rather have a house party or a night of drinking out on the town? And this house party doesn't necessarily have to be at your house. It can just be at a general premises in a house. Oh, definitely out on the town. Really? You think yeah. you'd go down on the town? Oh yeah. I I mean house parties are are lit really they are because you're not paying for the alcohol you're paying for maybe just you know if you want to all go in on a a certain amount but you're just hanging out you're in a safe environment you're probably gonna hook up with somebody Uh, yeah but it's just the same old people and a lot more action out there out of town i guess i guess excitement sure you would hope that you have like a good enough crowd that you could just have strangers come to the house party where it really gets sort of complicated. But yeah, a night in the drinking has a certain sort of, you know, if you want to say je ne sais quoi, you don't, <laughs> there's something about it. Yeah. Uh, would you rather fall in love with a catfish or be married to a woman who doesn't love you? The sophist dilemma. The catfish that was in the movie. Well, when Don Underwear fell in love with the uh, committee head, she was technically somewhat of a catfish. Oh, okay. I get it. Um, who doesn't love you? <laughs> <laughs> that seems senseless. Um... <laughs> senseless. <laughs> well, no, the softest argument. He's like, don't get married to somebody that you love, like, or who loves you. Uh, you get more power if it's the other way. Wow, th- this is a no-win situation. I guess <laughs> at least you would be in love. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, With a catfish. <laughs> yeah, and then it, I mean, there's not so many strings attached. You know, if you find out that it is a catfish, uh, you can sort of just move on yeah. with your life. Yeah, you don't have to give anybody. Any You'd be money. totally humiliated when you find out that your love is, you know, some guy in his basement or something like that hey maybe he's a tender lover speaking of tender loving would you rather get your dick sucked by a squid or fuck a blow-up doll covered in curry and the reason why i (laughs) and the reason why i asked the first one was because in one of uh toto-san's prints it was a squid just munching box it was (laughs) deep deep in the uh, in the thighs I feel like there was a obviously the curry there was actually a movie it. where something where I can't remember what it was where the kid you know masturbates with a some kind of a squid or something in a movie and then they uh, finally end up eating the uh, I don't, I have no idea uh, I mean I've, I've heard of like that up I'm going to have to look that up but yeah, yeah, that can be a notes on Arata next week <laughs> when you but, figure you know, out that, which movie. I don't know. That, that's what is a flashlight. That's border. I mean, that's not even borderline. That's bestiality. And uh, well, I mean, the squid is in a power position there. It's asking for it. It's not like you're skull fucking the squid. The squid is no, like in it. No, it's. I, it's I don't. I don't even. I don't even. Intelligent. Yeah. Yeah, squids are intelligent enough to give head. <laughs> <laughs> you're having some bad dreams aren't you i mean i'm gonna i'm gonna go with the blow up i'm gonna go with the i don't even understand the curry aspect of it because but... <laughs> that, that's what the girl that the girl said that she was gonna pour curry all over that blow-up doll that oh. that guy had in the movie these questions are just arbitrary i'm, yeah. pu- I'm pulling for the movie 
see the movie was so messed up i mean there's so many things in there i mean i miss that i mean i okay. do remember the blow-up doll but i mean the curry aspect of yeah it. that's that big stew she had when she unveiled it okay. she was like i'm gonna pour this give her the dogs <laughs> okay okay well whatever i'm we're i'm going blow up doll <laughs> all right i guess that's the, probably the easier answer i don't know the squid thing is just way too freaky <sighs> I'm not saying I would ask for it. We need to move on. I, I can't talk about getting head from squids. Would you rather be addicted to alcohol or vintage pornographic prints? <laughs> alcohol, no doubt. Okay, okay. Uh, would, you, would you rather be patient zero for a deadly disease that kills thousands of people or go to prison for false charges of child molestation? Patient zero. I'm not going to yeah. have nothing to do with child molestation. Oh, okay. false charges. Oh, yeah, it's no. false charges. No, so you don't I mean, know that people that will think you're a pervert until you're proven innocent. That's a death sentence in its own. So child molesters <laughs> do not do well in prison. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're hoping you know. you're in Halden prison. I mean, we in all, Norway we could all die at some point. So, you know, patient zero for a deadly disease. I mean, maybe, you know, they'll learn something from it. Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully patient zero coronavirus kind of has the... Does that mean I live? I mean, I'm patient zero, but somehow I live, but I'm responsible for the death of thousands? I guess it's interpretive. I mean, a lot of this stuff is just like stream (laughs) of consciousness. Uh, (laughs) Last question. Would you rather eat something so hot that you lose all your taste buds forever or black out every time you drink any amount of alcohol? I wouldn't want to lose my taste buds. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've blacked out plenty of times, so that's no nothing <laughs> new. <laughs> you know, I have tried diligently to black out before, and I I can only come to the cusp. I uh, I'm right in the brownout territory, but I just don't know how to take that next step. Really? Maybe it's not something that I should uh, you know try to put into my future. But let's try to put these these characters into a new future. Dad, we're playing Ghibli all grown up. What are some sort of potential sequel ideas that you have brewing? What what could you pitch to Mr. Yuasa? Say, hey, I, I see these characters moving a little forward after, you know, your your Tatami Galaxy and now this. I wanna I wanna take these characters further. What All do you right. think? Well, I think uh Atomi becomes a uh TikTok star because nice. she, yeah, she's doing the sofas dance. <laughs> and it basically, it basically, that's the new TikTok dance. It's a sofas dance and it proceeds like the people have to, you know, consume, you know, X number of shots and then they all try to perform the sofas dance. And then of oh, course, shit. you know, hilarity just, you know, starts. And uh, with her newfound fame, she gets picked up for reality TV. Okay. And uh, yeah, it's like Japan, Jersey Shore. And it's you think Otome's going on Jersey Shore? Well, I guess she's drinking. No, yeah. It's, yeah, it's a Japan Jersey Shore. It's basically features that are going out every night. You know, basically bar hopping. You know, punching out dudes with her. You know, four super finger, punch. You know, <laughs> super punch. Yeah, and um, I guess at that point, you know, there's a show. You know, at some point, the alcohol catches up with her. I mean, she ends up getting like a boob job or something, and you know. Wow. <laughs> What does it have to do with alcohol? I don't know. It's just that she's, you know, she just starts to lose. I mean, it, it makes it That's seem like fucked. she can consume unbelievable amounts of alcohol and not have. So she effect. wants to get big silicon tits. Yeah, because she's on. She's, you know, she's become some kind of weird. But she doesn't get. I mean, Otome never gets drunk. Is the thing she fucking just is never red in the face. Well, I guess when she gets sick, but. Well, I got a problem with that, anyways. I mean, she looks like she's like about ten. Wow. Hey, maybe she's a superhero, dude. She's got this little another... red freaking, you know, 10-year-old girl dress on, and she's like <laughs> drinking like a freaking, like a superstar. Yeah, drinking like a sailor coming from home. Oh, yeah. I don't, I don't get that, but... I, I, I understand. I also always sort of see the alcohol becoming a problem because it always does. There's never a situation where alcohol yeah. is just... It always catches up with basically. you. Yeah. For sure, for sure. So how, how I see this sort of going, how I'm going to pitch this to Mr. Yuasa, I think Otome and Senpai are going to start a bar and a family together. You know, all the dreams that Senpai has of expanding his life with this girl, they're just going to come true. 
the fun endeavor of just starting a bar. It's almost like a Bob's burger sort of situation. You got the kids in the back slinging burgers for people while they're getting drinks. It's going to be a great time. She gets cirrhosis of the liver. (laughs) Out of no I mean, come on. It always catches up with you. Just because she drinks so much, it doesn't even show on her face. She just drinks so much and she's all of a sudden in hospice. And then Ryaku comes to her door. He just shows up in a hood. He knocks on. He's like, I'm here for one last drinking contest. And I'll, if you win, I'll give you a wish. They fucking go at it. It's just, you know, the, the, the good and the bad and the ugly of duels of drinking. And they're just slogging out of the table. She wins. But they both die at the table. She finally succumbs as a winner, as the, the Rocky Balboa of drinking, and he goes down like the old man that he is. Wow. And there's a perfect balance drawn of the light and the dark. All right, I see How's that. that sound? It That's, you know, <laughs> it's, it's a little dark, man. I mean, they're Where's my applause? Perfect. Thank you. Yeah, I like that. No, it's that'd be interesting. Okay, I, I was, I you, know, I almost got even darker. I was gonna say that she was in hospice, and Otome went to go get her more alcohol because she's still drinking at the house, and he forgets a log, and he, you know the house burns down like in Manchester by the Sea. <laughs> that, that was my other sort of oh, wow. analogy story. <laughs> All the I kids mean, are fucked, and it's. Rehuku, I mean, of course, I mean, challenges her while she's on her deathbed. I mean, come on, that's that's not a fair fight. Well, I mean, she there's no glory in that. I mean, that she actually, you know, drinks him to death. That's that's pretty impressive. I mean, as she's going out, she takes him down. So, yeah, yeah, she's the best ever. She's the best ever. So much so that, you know, she might be put on the Rushmore. There's a couple of categories that we come up with this week. Uh, the first one is actually one that you would uh, compose. Thank you very much, since it's very hard for to think of some of these. Best crazy funny dance scenes. Does the Sophist dance beat out John Heater in Napoleon Dynamite, uh, the Can't Heat dance, yeah. Pee Wee Herman, Tequila, and Pee Wee's Big Adventure? Uh, Oscar Isaac, I'm about to tear up the fucking dance floor, dude, and Ex Machina. Uh, or Tom Cruise in old time or with old time rock and roll and risky business. And there was a couple of honorable mentions, the best of times, Jackass number two, a special anniversary performance, uh, dog tooth, 2010, Harry Belafonte and Beetlejuice uh, for the banana boat song. Dad, does the sophist dance make it onto the Rushmore? Um, unfortunately not. Really? Uh, no, I mean, does it even come close? No, I can't say that it does. Okay. I mean, you can't. I mean, old time rock and roll. I mean, Tom Cruise. That that's pretty much on the top. I I love the always, I'm about to tear up the fucking dance floor. Yeah, <laughs> that one was. That is always one of my top favorites because it was so unexpected and it was weird in that particular movie. Oscar Isaac in that movie inspired me to grow my beard out and shave my head when I was like 19. I shouldn't yeah. have done it, but I was just like, I love this dude. We saw that movie together, man. Remember we went to uh, saw it on the opening. I do. I love that. I, movie. I remember. It, it's a good. And I love movie. that scene. <laughs> <laughs> and then Pee Wee Herman Tequila. That is freaking funny as shit. I mean, I remember the Pee Wee Adventure stuff. Yeah. And the, the heater stuff. That's that's pretty classic, I guess. Yeah. But you know, you never want to give Napoleon Dynamite his, uh, you know, his, his comeuppance. But. You know, actually, I would have to say that maybe the Sophist dance actually is, you know, it made a bid. But I mean, because when I wa- when I'm watching it, I was just like, what the hell kind of dance is that? And it is pretty freaky. Let's at least put it on the honorable mentions, and it can maybe be re 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 looked at in the future. Yeah, uh, <laughs> we well, have maybe best... if they bring it back in a sequel or something like that, that uh, they can yeah end on it. Maybe once she gets off her deathbed, she can do the office dance. <laughs> yeah, best dude dressed like a lady. Does the school festival executive head dressed as Don Underwear's love beat out Juana Man? Uh, I I didn't get the actor in Juana Man. 
Uh, Dennis Hoffman and Tootsie, Robin Williams and Mrs. Doubtfire, or the Waynes Brothers in White Chicks. And there's a couple honorable mentions. One was uh, Norman Bates in Psycho, Adam Sandler making another appearance for his uh, his role in Jack and Jill, uh, Tyler Perry and Medea, Eddie Murphy and the Nutty Professors Two, The Clumps, uh, and John Travolta in Hairspray. Does the school and uh, school festival executive head make it onto the Rushmore? Nope. Nope. Nope, no, that's not fair. even close. Not even close. okay. Yeah, I mean the white chicks is rock solid. I haven't seen Tootsie. Mrs. Doubtfire is Stone Cold. Oh, you haven't seen Tootsie? No, I haven't. I didn't even know it was a movie until I did this list. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty classic. <clears throat> I mean, Robin that's... Williams, the the Doubtfire, yeah, Tootsie. See, it's it's there's no competition. I mean, it doesn't even come close. Okay, it's it's hard. It's a hard it's a hard category to break into. You would think that maybe he could sneak in, but that's just not the case. We got we got a strong. He, for one thing, he just Jim doesn't Mo- he doesn't have a big enough role in the movie to uh, to beat these out. I mean, yeah, these are that's epic. Fair. Yeah, we got Joanna Man at center. There's no way that this man is getting into the starting lineup. <laughs> Best drinking movies. Does The Night is Short, Walk On Girl beat out National Lampoon's Animal House, The Hangover, The World's End, or Beer Fest? And there's a couple honorable mentions. One is Cocktail, uh, Weekend at Bernie's, Coyote Ugly, Swingers, Drinking Buddies, and any movie Johnny Depp has ever been in. I've seen Beer Fest come a lot up a lot but i've i've never watched it but the world's end you know i see zoe playing with your mic there yeah. <laughs> get out of there cat come on cat yeah i gotta do a refill whoa run your ass around this is like little wayne dude that's incredible Oops. this is the most masturbatory thing we do on this podcast <laughs> You got quite a uh, a jug there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, I like to I like to stay strapped with a jug. I'm thinking that uh, you might uh, have a blackout, but anyways, all right, possible. Yeah, you know what? I'm I'm gonna put the night is short on there. Wow, uh, and opposed to what? It's gonna. It's going to take off. You got to get her off the table. <laughs> the world's end? World's end? You think it would be the one that you take what off? What is the world's end? It's a Simon Pegg movie. They go and, you know, drink at, I think it's a couple of, like, 12 pubs while the whole world is taken over by androids or something like that. But I haven't personally seen it. I like Simon Pegg. Uh but I, I, that was probably my sort of weakest end. That, that was part of my weakest link, I, I guess, is the best way to put it. Well, that, that's impressive. I'm, I'm always glad to get one of these movies onto the Rushmore. You never <laughs> see it happen too often. Yeah, it's probably one of the freakiest, you know, drinking movies that I've seen in a long time. I mean, that's... Mm-hmm. <laughs> in a long time. In a long time, <laughs> Don't go watch a drinking movies. All right. Best romantic comedy simps. And if you don't know what a simp is, it's just like a guy who's essentially like this character. He's just overly submissive to whatever sort of woman that he's pursuing. Uh, Does Senpai beat out Ben Stiller in Something About Mary, Andrew Lincoln in Love Actually, uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt in 500 Days of Summer, or Steve Carell in Crazy Stupid Love. And there was a couple of honorable mentions. JGL making a second appearance in 10 Things I Hate About You, Ted Mosby in How I Met Your Mother, Sandra Bullock in All About Steve, Tom Hardy and Chris Pine in This Means War, and Wes Bentley in American Beauty, Ricky through the the windshield recording. Dad, does Senpai get on the simp Rushmore? He's pretty pathetic, but um, <laughs> no, nah, I'm not going to put him up there. Okay. Okay. Although taking a freaking 
ice cream cone to the, the crotch is pretty pathetic. I guess that was unintentional, though. That yeah. was something brought upon him by yeah. a god. Well, he lost it, his underwear, too. I mean, or his pants. I mean, how the hell did that happen? Well, those those men in suits. Once once a lot of guys come at you in suits, you're kind of always going to take your pants off. Yeah, well, what was the whole purpose of that? Why did they just take uh, his pants I think the uh, Rahuki or whatever his name is, he was just playing pranks on the people. He did all a bunch of fucked up shit. He was sending tornadoes, stealing people's <laughs> underwear, drinking Danky Braun. <laughs> uh, here is our final Rushmore, and I don't. I mean, this seems pretty rock solid, but I don't know if I don't know if Toto-san has a chance. I'd be. I'll be honest. But to, does Toto-san and the Bedroom Investigation Committee beat out? Quagmire from Family Guy, Dennis Hopper as Frank Booth in Blue Velvet, Mike Myers as Austin Powers, or Barney Stinson from How I Met Your Mother for biggest lovable or most lovable pervert in a in a on screen uh, showing. Oh. And there's a couple honorable mentions: Phoebe oh. Waller-Bridge's Fleabag, the Todd from Scrubs, Fez from That Seventy Show, and Master Roshi from DBC. Well, first things first, Dennis Hopper was not lovable. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> Frank Booth and Blue Velvet. I uh, He's a I just wanted to... psychopath, and uh, <laughs> so you can take him right off the hell, right off the hell. He's even on the Russian war. He's just gone. Oh. <laughs> hey, I just wanted to let you have a chance to do your Frank Booth impression again. I know oh, Baby no. What's the Fuck is no. always in the in the pocket. No, I only bring that out once in a while, and uh, on your anniversary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because i just watched that clip again i don't because when i brought it up i was just like isn't that what he says <laughs> i wasn't even sure if that's how it went but it yeah it, it, it was definitely what he said yeah, there's yeah. no there's no if ands or buts yeah. about it I'm, i actually have something uh new i guess or a change that i wanted to propose to you uh i think for the disney live action recast we should change it to live action netflix recast because disney there's a lot more complications they're trying to go for a little bit more but with the netflix these guys are just they're fucking playing by different rules they're trying to do anything they can to get the money no absolutely because there's certain things that uh disney would just not bring to film yeah um i think also with the recent you know, examples, I think Netflix's recast of Japanese anime into live action American mm-hmm. adaptations has been equally as bad. Yeah. So at least we're in the same sort of ballpark. Yeah. No, Netflix uh, is up for anything. So yeah, they'll, they'll do it. Okay. So we have officially changed it to the yeah. live action Netflix recast. And just before I start, the, the way that I come up with these choices, I don't know if, how you do it. I use this thing called Famous Birthdays. It's just this fucking website that I just type in like actress or actor by age. And I just see the character and I see how old they are. I assume how old they are. And I try to pick an actress that would fit that role. That's how I'm picking some of these. And some of them are outside of the box. Uh, I, what your director is. Todd Phillips. Todd Phillips. I like that Yeah. because what the hangover that was him. You know, you don't want to throw Joker around uh, in, in film circles, but J- Joker was a, a successful film. What else did he do? Do you know? No, I don't. I don't. I just knew he did The Hangover, and I knew he did Joker. Um, but this just sort of goes into, I mean, you had to get somebody that's just done something that's about drinking that it just goes off the rails. So, because mm-hmm. I started rethinking this whole cast thing and it's a good thing that we're changing it to netflix <laughs> yeah because disney wouldn't have anything to do with what i wanted to do um because i <laughs> i weirdly started getting into this weird thing where um i was thinking of course the, the director todd phillips and then i'm thinking otome i'm like i keep bringing up emma watson and i started i thought having, of that too yeah and all of a sudden i started having this weird thing like Harry Potter meets it's a short night walk on uh, girl. And, uh, I have the whole cast somehow <laughs> there. It's just all the Harry Potter cast. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, they're stealing all the characters from Tatami galaxy. Yeah. For this movie. They're just Senpai, 
pay or whatever is is Daniel Radcliffe. I mean, you know, with his yeah. glasses on, and then you know, Hagrid is uh, the other guy. Um, <laughs> what other guy? <laughs> no, the uh, the Haguchi or oh, okay, okay. And, That's interesting. Uh, yeah, but I realized I was just going off the rails. I mean, nobody's gonna watch a. I think Potter. it's it's criminal that they just didn't let Harry and Hermione hook up at least once. Yeah. The fact that they just gave it to Ron was kind of bullshit. Guinea, yeah. you know, I'm not I'm not trying to he- feel the heat from the Guinea stands, yeah. but or Ginny, whatever. Well, that's what it. I was trying to do is give you know, Radcliffe his his due. You know, yeah. You yeah. wanted you wanted Radcliffe to get laid, and I yeah. I appreciate yeah. that because there's there's some choices that i made with senpai that i also uh for my otome i had a couple well actually i forgot to say my director my director would be damien chazelle who did la la land which has some sort of surreal elements if you're talking about sort of the dance scene but there's just a certain sort of color and movement and speed that i think damien chazelle uh, Chazelle would be able to capture with just the the craziness of the whole sort of movie Uh, I, i think he would be a fun choice which corresponds with some of my uh, choices for Otome. I chose Emma Stone as an option because she already has experience playing a Japanese character <laughs> in Aloha, uh, which was a bad decision. There was another person that I actually think would be a pretty good choice. Uh, Daisy Ridley, who I just think she's one of the most beautiful people. I think she would just be able to fit right into the role. There's a certain sort of energy about her, a, a playfulness. You just want to get a drink with her the whole night. Um, I had a semi-answer of uh, Haley Steinfield, who is a singer, and she was in True Grit when she was younger. But my dream cast, I don't know if this would work because Florence Pugh doesn't have dark hair, but Florence Pugh is a superstar in my mind. I think she was... You know, when I was thinking of this role, I was like, who is the girl that you would just want to go out and have a drink with the whole night and just chase around? And Florence Pugh is just such a, a fire hydrant as, as how someone, is, uh, Sean Fetessy <laughs> had described her. And I was always kind of thought the same thing. I was like, Florence Pugh is just so much energy. For my senpai, I'm a kind of a little all over the place. It's a little bit uh, more varied, but I have some favorites for sure. Uh, Alex Wolf is a potential answer if you kind of want the, you know, he was a hereditary. There's something about, uh, he's just got that kind of geeky vibe. Also, his brother, Nat Wolf, if you want another white person who played an Asian character in, a, in an anime adaptation. Uh, Logan Lerman is an internet favorite, but my two favorite options for Senpai would be either Dev Patel coming off that, that sweet David Copperfield uh the buzz or steven yoon one of the only asian men to get laid on uh national television that's a fact what I've steven been trying yoon to put of... steven yoon into a lot of things and he just hasn't made it for me but i keep keep pulling him up but no how I do like you that. see steven yoon and senpai yeah 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 <clears throat> okay I, like I, I just he deserves it dude he's just such a cool guy i loved him in burning i want to see him kind of uh one in the girl I, I didn't see that you had too many sort of options for the rest of the cast. But. Well, that's the, th- the thing is, is, you know, I started going down this Harry Potter bullshit and then, <laughs> <clears throat> then I realized that I wanted to change it all up. <clears throat> and basically it's just, I mean, you're going with a direct representation sort of of the characters. Yeah. Okay. And I'm thinking we just, you know, bust out of that. Sure. And I'm like thinking this is going to be a homage to, drunken debauchery and okay yeah so i've got like all the classic movie drunks are gonna freaking be in this thing and i got frank the tank will ferrell he comes in he's playing is he a gucci uh yes he's a gucci oh my god and um who's that perv guy oh toto-san yeah james franco that's not bad. That's not bad. <laughs> I feel like that's pretty apt, to be honest. And uh, I'm throwing in Jonah Hill, and I think he's Don Underpants. I don't know. I'm just, but I, I got to have Jonah Hill in there. 
I don't think, I mean, I see uh, Don Underwear as more of a mask, like just like a muscular figure. I don't know. Maybe if he, he just beefed up yeah, a little but this bit. Is just, this is just going into all kinds of crazy, you know. I mean, yeah. basically they end up going to a frat house and uh, it's basically um, a CGI <laughs> recreation of John Belushi as Blutarski in Animal House. And uh, I was going to say he could be a Gucci. He would be a good Gucci. Yeah. Well, you could put him there too, man. I don't care. We're just going to, I guess it works for the animal house sort of reference, but yeah. I mean, I I got, I got the super bad people in there somehow, you know, I want McLovin in there. I don't know where I'd stick him in, but uh, I thought I almost put his, uh, him as senpai. I was just like, wow, dude, that's a real galaxy brain. If you put fucking McLovin. No, I had the same thing. I was like, he'd work it there, but, um, and then the thing is, there's a classic woman drinking scene in Raiders of the Lost Ark with Karen Allen. Uh-huh. She has the character, she's Marion Ravenwood, and she basically has a scene where she can basically drink, you know, basically any of her patrons under the table. I think she owns yeah. the bar. And I could envision, you know, a Tommy that the the drink off. It's between the real Karen <laughs> Allen now, you know what I mean? So wow. she's on the screen, she's old, and they're freaking having a freaking drink off between, you know, the two classic women that basically can drink men under the table. And let's, you know, let's get it on. A battle of titans. Yes. Wow. I yeah. love it. Yeah. Karen <laughs> Allen comes out. Of, I don't think she's been in any. I don't know if she's still in movies, but. I mean, hey, she, if she can always be a CGI. We just no, I don't old. want her CGI. I want her old. <laughs> you Karen want her old. Oh, yeah. Okay. Be old. She just comes out. Like, she does the treatment. cameo, and she's just like, "Yeah, I can still put him down." And it's like, "Okay, it's on." Damn, so, Ravenheart. Yeah. Keep drinking, baby. And uh, I guess, and then of course, I want like there's like scenes from cocktail, and you know they're flipping the bottles, and I got Coughlin's, you know, you know Brian Brown comes in, you know, old. Of course, he dies. In Is the this movie, just but... like Ready Player One for drinkers? Oh yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. Sequel. It's just crazy. It's just one freaking drinking. You know, it's like a scary movie. You know, it's like a spoof oh. on all the freaking drinking movies. That's and, fun. Uh, yeah. Okay. Okay. I'll just rattle through mine since that. I guess encompasses a sort of greater idea. <laughs> I had Hanuki as Emily Rossum or Emily Rossum as Hanuki, uh, who is another person who played an Asian character in, a, in an adaptation. Yeah, I, have, I like uh, her. Is that Troy's? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> as a Gucci, just because I think he looks like Quagmire, I have Seth MacFarlane, who is came out with a very sort of racist TV show against, uh, I guess, apparently Asians uh dads so maybe he's not necessarily the best choice really? i would maybe what, want what movie was the racist what? it was dads it was some sort of tv pilot or a season that came out it was maligned um <laughs> i had two potential cgi options uh both of them would just be younger versions of people who, so I, i'm giving them the irishman treatment i want a young mcconaughey as a super senior higuchi because that's who he is he's just some guy who's just super duper senior he's like an eight-year college student or uh oh, uh young keanu i want mcconaughey in my movie and he's playing waterson <laughs> all right all right all right maybe we can come together and write this script yeah i had uh robert I'm ready to pitch this to freaking to netflix right now it seems like they're just ready to give the money out so i don't see why not yeah Especially if we're going to get Robert Pattinson in his Dawn underwear, who, from what I heard, also smells like shit. So <laughs> I, I think he would be uh, who smells a good like shit? Oh, Robert, Robert Pattinson? Pattinson. <laughs> Apparently so. I don't know if it's yeah. just his breath. Maybe it's halitosis. Uh, or he just doesn't shower. I've heard conflicting sort of internet rumors that he is unhygienic in some way. Uh, so with a person who doesn't change their underwear, I f- feel Dawn underwear isn't too crazy of a, a role for him. I had Timothy Chalamet as the androgynous school festival executive head. I think uh, yeah, that's perfect. Thank you. <laughs> uh, that's all. I think Timothy Chalamet would be a great job. And then uh, I didn't pick a Rihaku. I, I can't say his, uh, I keep forgetting his name, but I did pick a, a Toto-san. And I just thought Sam Rockwell, who has played likable scumbags before. 
So I feel like he'd be able to step right in and give a little bit of love to the perverts yeah. of the world. I like that pick. Dad, last call. What are your questions for the director? Really? It's all over? I guess so. Um, what's up with that sofa stance? I, I'm still confused by that. But The what? The sophist. I call it the sophist. Oh, sophist. the sophist. The sophist. Sophist. <laughs> sophist. sophist. Yeah, I... That's I just... a, that, that, you can't perform that dance on alcohol. I don't, I don't know, but... Maybe they're limber out there, dude. You don't know what the East is like. They're eating that good diet. They're living really long. Maybe their their backs and their asses just get juicy out there. That was something that I hadn't mentioned this whole podcast. This po- This movie has... Just some juicy butts. <laughs> just everybody's out there right now. It's crazy. And I think with the sofa's dance, it exemplifies that. I part in the movie, they you know, what's his name? Um, I can't remember his name. Hagu- what is it? Higuchi? Higuchi? Yeah. Yeah. He yeah, goes commando. I, I, well, that was I, I had written that as a note. I thought that particular shot made me think Higuchi had just like this big ass dick. There was something about like the the outline of his pants, and I was like, "Holy shit, dude! He's got like a sling. Yeah. He's got a banana clip. Yeah, and that's why he goes commando. He just can't keep it in. Yeah, right. Maybe that's my that's I think that's my serious question. Just Higuchi yeah. have a huge ass dick? Yeah. I also wanted to know what the Cowboys represented. I I had done some I guess research. I kind of know kind of that it's his sexual tensions and his inhibitions like that. I just want to know why they chose the cowboy. I, I think that's really funny because I, you know, as someone who's always wanted to be a cowboy himself, I didn't know what that sort of <laughs> was trying to represent. Uh, I The other thing is I had a problem with Otomi. It looked like she was basically like seven. Hey, you can't help how you look, man. Yeah. <laughs> Which... Oh, sorry. You you go. No, I mean she's just, <laughs> and for her to be able to just consume largest you know amounts of alcohol and uh, look like she's basically you know a fifth grader, uh, that's weird. Hey, we're all blessed with things. But this is anime; be... anything goes, and I understand that. Yeah, where you can punch somebody and not break your thumb, and you know you can steal underpants without being prosecuted. Anything is sort of possible. Is there any sort of uh, maybe apologies or anything we want to address in notes on errata? Cause anybody any pain? Maybe Amanda Bynes? I don't know. I mean, <laughs> Britney Spears. Britney Spears. You know, I mean, I don't think we say anything bad, but I also want to apologize to the uh, creature in Splice. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know. That thing deserves love. I don't know. It just, you know, we just said, you know, she was on, you know. I I never said, I would fuck the splice thing. I don't know. Uh, You would. (laughs) Well, wait a second. That's, I'm going to take that back. I'm trying to remember the whole, the whole premise of that. I mean, was it, was some kind of genetic mute, you know, what do they do? Like splice. Uh, uh, They put two, I have, yeah. Some sort of creature where it had a tail. Yeah, I, I can't. Uh, I'm not going to get into the, the synopsis of Splice <laughs> right now. We're at the end of the podcast. Um, yeah, I, I just want to apologize to everybody. Anyone who has eyes that are farther apart from themselves. Yeah, I haven't listened to the recording since, but you know, there's a lot of shame in my heart, and I just want to express that to the people who are listening. Uh, <laughs> speaking of shame, we've drank a little bit of wine tonight. We have. Dad, what would you give? A lot of wine rating. for uh, a Tuesday night. Let that be noted. Hey. Usually yeah. we do this on the weekends, and uh, we've had to break ranks here and <clears throat> go on to Tuesday. Yeah, night. we're we're just becoming alcoholics during the week. Yeah, I think we got a little depressed because our Patriots took it hard. Do we want to announce that we're Patriots fans? No, we don't want to. I think I almost like wanted to add a Patriots like place category at the end of the podcast but we can't we can't do that here that's so that's too masturbatory dad what do you give your wine uh my wine i'm giving it eight dinky brand shots out of ten wow yeah 
And now we got to work on that dinky brand. Yeah, I would love to sort of taste that electric brandy. Yeah. For my three finger, for my three finger Jack, my rum barreled aged wine, I'm probably going to give it, uh, I, I guess, eight COVID infections out of 10. Oh, at least wow. eight and a half. At least a COVID scare at the end. I think it's pretty <laughs> damn good. <laughs> well, thank you. I thought you were going to maybe give it like, you know, four out of five, you know, four finger thumb punches. You know, I'm going dark this. Because there's know, the three finger. What is that? Three finger what? What is the name of it? I will. I will amend mine. Let's not talk about COVID every single episode. Yeah. I give mine four finger jacks out of five. <laughs> I love this wine. It's delicious. Excellent. Thank you, everybody, so much for listening. We will be back next week. Uh, I'm so glad we're recording this mobily because I'm so glad I don't have to drive home. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. All right. All right. See you next week. Bye, everybody. Thank you. Yep. Bye.